Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's dive into it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Tuesday to all of you guys here. We have a really, really boring term of the day, uh, but it's not boring to make money, right? So everything you learn on here is actually exciting. So it's actually an exciting term of the day. Um, Geez, I just try to convince myself, even though I know it's not true. <laughs> the term today is SEC Form 13F. Now, it is true, guys, that making money isn't boring um, and knowledge is power. So I'm about to give you guys some insider knowledge. Okay, it's actually completely public information, but people, most people don't know what this is. So the SEC Form 13, I'm just going to read the definition. Where is my form? Here it is. This is the blanket definition, and I'm going to go into detail later about Warren Buffett's company and a couple others uh, regarding this form, okay? So, the Securities and Exchange Commission's Form 13F is a quarterly report that is required to be filed by all institutional investment managers with at least $100 million in assets under management. It discloses their equity holdings and can provide some insight into what the smart money, quote unquote, is doing in the market. Okay. That makes no sense. Every Guys, whenever I read these things, especially when I first started, when I was in my early 20s or, or even late teens, when I was reading these things, I had to read them over and over and over again. That sentence doesn't make sense to most normal people. It, it, there's terms in here that you don't need to know. Assets under management, a quarterly report, institutional investment managers, equity holdings, uh, all that stuff. You know, you have to reread and learn, learn, learn. But I'm here, so you guys don't have to do that. So the reason this form is important is it because for companies over $100 million, which is not a lot of money, by the way, it's not a lot of money, uh, the firm I was at previously was like $1.5 billion in assets under management, and we were called boutique. So take that into consideration. Let your, wrap your mind around that. It's still hard for me to, to fathom. Um, but this form, which companies have to do if you're over $100 million, they report what they're investing in. You know, what positions are they investing their clients' assets in, their own assets, et cetera. And so you can look at what some of these big, big hedge funds are doing or these big, big mutual fund companies are investing in. And you can sort of get an idea of where, not the smart money, quote unquote, because there are a lot of those big guys that make bad choices, let me tell you. Um, but it just shows you where maybe the head is going. So if the investment world is like a snake, um, these big hedge funds and these massive companies that have to file this 13F form, they're the head. And so you can sort of see where the head is looking and where you want to go um, as a smaller investment firm. I like to do that. And it's just, it's just insightful. So you guys can all do that yourself. If you're wondering, oh, I wonder what Warren Buffett is doing, you can type in uh, 13F holding um, form Warren Buffett and eventually, I'm not sure exactly where you go to find his specific holdings, but you will find it if you just search through there. Um, it's all public information. So that is what a lot of investors, institutional investors do. They look at what other people in the industry are investing in, and then they copy it. Doesn't always work out, and we'll go into why that's not the best idea, uh, but it is insightful. Okay, let's get into the news here. I'm running, I'm running a rant here. Okay, so what is happening? Global equity markets are bouncing higher after Monday's slight sell-off, and Taiwan's TIEX is leading those gains with a 5% surge, recovering much of, of its recent losses. U.S. futures are pointing to a higher open, buoyed by strong earnings results and guidance from Walmart and Home Depot. Bring us home, Walmart. 
both big box retailers reported healthy sales both on and offline, and Home Depot said overall sales grew 32% in the quarter. More importantly, both retailers, uh, which are bellwethers for consumer spending, gave strong guidance for the rest of the year. Bellwether, I'm pretty sure in this context, just means that they're like the uh, they're the example. They're the that's what you measure it up against. I think that's what bellwether means. Uh, okay, so 13F season, which means we get to peek into holdings of hedge funds and large and influential investors. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway added some insurance stocks and lightened up on one particular bank, which we'll talk about later. Tesla discovered it has a big, shorter betting against the EV marker, EV maker, but the company is used to it by now. Tesla is down 22% since Elon Musk appeared on Saturday Night Live. Okay, so that sentence doesn't make a lot of sense. All that's really saying is that a lot of investors are betting against Tesla right now. So there's a lot of people shorting the stock, which I'm not a fan of Tesla right now. I think it's extremely overvalued. Uh, still a great company. Still love Elon. I just think that where the price that it's at right now is extremely overvalued. Uh, oil prices continue to bubble higher, and now forecasters are predicting that they could rise back up to $80 per barrel, which is from pre-pandemic days. Given the surge in global demand and the return of business and luxury travel, that's not going to be difficult to imagine. What is difficult to imagine is the impact $80 per barrel will have on profit margins. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, Guys, I filled up my tank today this morning. <laughs> I was there like before the sun got up, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting gas in my tank. I like to go to Circle K to get my coffee, so that's where I, I go to get it. And I'm filling up my tank. I had a quarter left, I think. I had a quarter of tank gas, a quarter of gas left, and my bill was still like seventy dollars. I think it was like sixty-eight dollars and fifty cents. So it probably would have been closer to eighty to eighty-five if I would have done the whole thing. I drive a Toyota Tacoma, so it's not a typical truck, but it is, I would say, one of the better uh, gas guzzlers, gas guzzlers of them all. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to see how how gas goes in the next couple months. Okay, today's headlines. I picked three really good ones that I liked. Um, the first one is about our boy Snoop Dogg. It looks like Snoop Dogg is backing a marijuana company. So let me read this headline for you. Oxford Cannabinoid Technologies, which is backed by tobacco giant Imperial Brands PLC, and everyone's favorite rapper, Snoop Dogg, and amongst others. Uh, Oxford Cannabinoid Technologies is set to start trading Friday on the London Stock Exchange. The company, which develops cannabinoid-based prescription medicines, has raised 16.5 million pounds, $23 million, I believe, in the private market. It will have a market value of about 51.5 million pounds when it lists, according to Bloomberg. Okay, so uh, how do I say this? Um, I like this. (laughs) I guess that's the easiest way to say it, right? I like this. I'm not the biggest fan of marijuana um, as far as a substance, I guess. But I can tell you that there's money to be made here um, if you play it right. And this is not by any means investment advice. But I can tell you that as this gets more and more federally legal in the U.S., and it probably will be within the next four years. Uh, that'll be something that probably happens. Uh, this is going to be a massive market. I don't know if it'll make any money investment-wise, but as a industry, it will blow up. It will do great. Um, there's just a high, high demand for marijuana, and I think we all see that. So I personally will probably be investing in this company. I already invest in a couple of other marijuana companies. It's just been so bad recently. Uh, I've lost a lot of money doing that and I'm holding on to it. I'm going to hold on to it until it becomes federally legal and we're going to see what happens because I believe 
that that market is, just like the electric vehicle market, I believe it's going to blow up. And blow up is a good thing. Um, okay, next is Italian luxury car maker Lamborghini laid out plans to launch a fully electric vehicle in the second half of the decade. Okay, so Lamborghini's trying to go electric. Interesting. Uh, I think they're owned by Volkswagen, which is also Audi, A-U-D-I. Um, so we're looking at, I think they're going to bring out two more combustion vehicles in the next two years too. Lamborghini. I think they're moving that direction and then they're just going to switch it like a light switch, I guess in the second half, uh, which will be, it'll be interesting cause there will already be, you know, a pretty, it'll already be a pretty saturated electric vehicle market by that point. Uh, meaning there's going to be a bunch of different competitors already creating these cars. So I don't know how Lamborghini is going to fare. I know they got a darn good looking combustion vehicle. Uh, so maybe they get a hybrid going and maybe they, they sort of uh, up their ante that way. Um, okay, so on to the last headline, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about today with those 13 Fs, is Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway sold off nearly all of its longtime investment in Wells Fargo in the first quarter and took a stake of more than $900 million in insurance broker Aon. Um, okay, so why is this important? So we all know I love Warren Buffett. He doesn't play no games. Gator don't play no games. Um, sorry. <laughs> Shout out, um, uh, not Step Brothers. What's that movie with uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell where they're cops? Anyways, Gator don't play no games. Warren Buffett doesn't play no games. Okay. So he, his investment strategy, like we've said, is find a competitive advantage and he invests in companies that he believes have a competitive advantage. Uh, I don't know anything about insurance broker Aon. I know nothing. I do know that the 13F is what gave this information. So that 13F, the term of the day, SEC form 13F is a quarterly report that companies have to do to show their what they're investing in. There's a couple reasons why that's not valuable, even though it seems valuable. I know in the back of your head, you're like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to sort of break down why it's not good. Um, and it's not, it's not not good, but it's not good. If that makes any sense at all. Um, when you have these, uh, when you have this information, right, from a company, it's 90 days old sometimes because they have to do it every quarter. So the first reason is old information. Okay, if they invested in Aon back in January, investing in Aon now probably isn't a good idea, right? You probably missed the whole purpose of what they were shooting for, of what Warren was shooting for three months ago. So that's one thing. You're investing, you're taking information at a later period, okay? And usually, investors are late to the party. In fact, that's 99% of investors. You're late to the party. If the information is already public, you're probably already late to the party. And that sucks to hear, but it's true. Now, I'm not saying you missed the party. I'm just saying you're late to it. So maybe you are... 20 minutes late to the party and you still get to enjoy the whole event. It's the same thing with investing. Just because Berkshire bought ABC stock at $1 and now it's at $5 doesn't mean you missed all of its growth. The stock could still go to $25, which you earned a darn good return. You know, it just wasn't as good as Warren Buffett's. So being late to the party is not the same thing as missing the party. Remember that. Um, and the other reason it's not very good uh, to use this information solely when investing is that the SEC doesn't really require accuracy on this. 
Um, it's kind of like a, hey, did you do it? Yeah, we did it. Okay, shut the file. They don't look into the accuracy of this. It would just be too much effort to actually validate it. Um, but if anybody was to ever get audited, like uh, Berkshire Hathaway, for example, and they lied, that would be a really big deal. There would be severe consequences uh, for them in that direction. Uh, but this is still a useful tool for anybody learning the ropes here, or if even if you're a seasoned investor, I mean, I still do this. I still look at these 13 Fs, but I don't, you know, I take them with a grain of salt. So that's what, uh, that's what I would do if I was you guys. I would start looking at these quarterly and just seeing what Big Brother's doing and not exactly copy it, but look at why they're investing in these things and get, get down to the bare ingredients, right? The, what are they doing when they're choosing these companies and sort of adopting those strategies or picking and choosing what you like and then going with that. Um, but guys, remember, do not time the market. That is a loser's game. Make sure you have a strategy, a plan, and stick with the investment plan. Uh, if most plans were stuck to in the investment world, a lot more people would be millionaires. I would say that. Um, okay, guys, that's it for today. Uh, as always, invest early, invest often. And if you guys have any questions, shoot them over my way. I'll try to get them, uh, try to get them answered for you. All right, guys, have a good one. See you later.